While Jesus was still speaking with her, messengers came from the synagogue leader's house, saying to Jairus, your daughter has died. Why bother the teacher any longer? But Jesus overheard their report and said to the synagogue leader, don't be afraid, just keep trusting. He didn't allow anyone to follow him except Peter, James, and John, James's brother. They came to the synagogue leader's house and he saw a commotion with people crying and wailing loudly. He went in and said to them, what's all this commotion and crying about? The child isn't dead, she's only sleeping. They laughed at him, but he threw them all out. Then taking the child's parents and his disciples with him, he went to the room where the child was. Taking her hand, he said to her, Talita Kaom, which means, young woman, get up. Suddenly the young woman got up and began to walk. She was 12 years old. They were shocked. He gave them strict order that no one should know what had happened. Then he told them to give her something to eat. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Jairus couldn't do anything to save his daughter. There was nothing Jairus could do, not a thing he could do. He tried, it was a sudden illness, and there was not a thing he could do to save his daughter. And I can't imagine a more helpless feeling. A more helpless feeling as a parent, especially probably as a father of a young daughter, how helpless he must have felt. Because there was nothing he could do. It wasn't that it was because of the time that he was in or that there wasn't medical care available. He was a wealthy synagogue leader with all of the power he could want at his fingertips. He couldn't do anything. He couldn't save his daughter. And it's often true that we find ourselves in these situations where we can't save the very people who are the most important to us. And I can't imagine a more helpless feeling. Jairus had tried everything. The reason there were so many people at his house was because they knew how bad Jairus must have felt. They knew that Jairus was going to need support. He was going to need people around him. Some of them were probably there just for the show. Can you imagine a crowd of mourners? And in those days, they, the powerful people paid people to come and mourn for them. So there would be sufficient amount of crying at their funeral. So there was a crowd of people at his, at his house, and when he felt the most helpless, he was surrounded by people who were not doing really anything all that helpful, except for making a lot of noise. He couldn't do anything. And so Jairus turned to the one person who was rumored to be able to do the impossible. Jesus had a reputation for healing. He was known probably best of all at his time for the healing miracles that he gave. Mark is full of stories of people being healed. In fact, Mark has just told us the story of the woman, the hemorrhaging woman who bled for 12 years and who in desperation reaches out and grabs his coat and is healed. Now, I don't know what Jairus, the synagogue leader, expected when he showed up to Jesus. I don't know what he was looking for. I think it was a last act of desperation. Nothing else has worked. Might as well try this Jesus guy, right? Nothing else that I've tried has worked. Might as well try this guy. Some people say he can fix it. It's like when people get really sick and they start trying, like, herbal remedies instead of, you know, medicine, right? 
You can't blame them for it because they're desperate and they want to do something. And so Jairus tried this Jesus guy. And it's true, we often turn to people who we think can fix it, who can fix the problem. We give extra credit for those who are fixers. I mean, the hero that I had growing up was MacGyver, because he could fix anything, right? With like a bubble gum and a rope, he could release the captives and build a bomb somehow out of gum and rope, you know? We like people who can fix things, who can solve things, especially problems that are impossible, especially problems that seem to have no solution. And of course, the first person that we choose to fix things is ourselves, right? The first person that we choose to fix us is us. We think we have all the answers. I don't need to tell anybody about my problems because I can fix my problems. I'm together, I'm an adult. I know how to fix everything. The truth is that we know we don't know how to fix most things. And so reluctantly we turn to experts often, reluctantly we turn to doctors or we turn, we turn to wise people who may have an answer. And we're always a little hesitant to do that because what if they tell us the wrong advice? What if we trust the wrong person? Or what if I look weak or vulnerable? We're not allowed to admit that we can't do something. And we can't fix our own problems sometimes. And so there's a stigma about asking for help, for turning towards people who may be able to help us. And then often we, we like even better the people who promise the quick fix. So we get the book, right? If I just read this book, I can solve my chronic anxiety all by myself. I don't need, to, I don't need help. I can read this book and fix everything. Or I can find this website that gives me the promise of a 10-second cure to whatever's wrong with me. And I've been there. I've been there. Like, when my children weren't sleeping, do you know how, like, as babies, you know how many websites I read? Well, if I just tried this, if I put them in a different pair of clothes at night, maybe they'll sleep. Or maybe if I put them in, you know, a darker room or a lighter room or some wind noise or something, or I'll read 400 blogs before I ask for help. Because you know why they weren't sleeping? Because they were allergic to milk, right? I could have put them in anything. The clothes had nothing to do with it. If I'd just gone to the doctor who knew what they were talking about in the first place, my child won't sleep, help me, right? I thought I could fix it. Thought I was smart enough, that I was clever enough to figure it out, that there would be a mom blog somewhere where someone had had the same problem that I had. And the truth is that often there's nothing external which we can fix. The truth is there's often nothing external that we can access that fixes the empty part. The truth is there's nothing that we can access externally from us that fills the broken parts. The truth is there's nothing sometimes. There's just impossible things. In Anne Lamont's latest book, almost everything, Notes on Hope, she puts it this way. There's almost nothing outside you that will help in any kind of lasting way unless you are waiting for an organ donor. You can't buy, achieve, or date serenity. Peace of mind is an inside job and it's unrelated to fame, fortune, or whether your partner loves you. 
What this means is that it's also an inside job for the few people who you love most desperately in the world. We cannot arrange lasting safety or happiness for our most beloved people. They have to find their own way. Not one single person in history has gotten an alcoholic sober, she says. Maybe you'll be the first, but I say this with love, I doubt it. And if it's someone else's problem, you probably don't have the solution. And I hate it. I have my eye on a new rug for my study that would so inspire me to write better and faster and smarter. Also, I have some leftover Halloween candy, which I know this one time wouldn't give me a sugar rush in the inevitable crash. And I have a list of excellent ideas how almost everyone I know should proceed in order to improve the quality of their lives, which might improve the quality of mine. As then I could stop worrying about their bad choices and wasted potential. The desperate drive to own and control in order to fill our psychic holes and relieve our anxiety, to fix difficulties and to cauterize old wounds, takes root at an early age and is doomed. It's like going to the hardware store for bread. Hardware stores don't sell bread. And I can live on corn nuts and paydays for only so long, probably no longer than two weeks. And it's true. This wisdom is true. We can't fix people. We can't fix other people. We can't often fix ourselves. Only God can do that. Only God offers the ability to fill the empty parts of us, the broken parts of us. Only God can fill the spot that's broken in other people, and we need to stop trying to fix them. The only thing that we can do is offer the hope that God gives. Jairus didn't know what Jesus was going to do. Jairus didn't know how he was going to save his daughter. But he knew, he trusted that Jesus would do something. That Jesus would offer hope. We know that we can't fix people. We can't fix ourselves and we can't fix the world. But we can trust in the God who offers us hope who shows up at the bedside of loved ones who are dying, whether they're dying from illness or from their own silly, silly, bad choices or from whatever reason, we know that God shows up. God went to the bedside and he stood there and he said, get up. And he extended his hand. It may not fix the externals. It may never fix the externals. You may always be 40 pounds overweight. You may always have an addiction to something like, I don't know, the shopping network. It may not fix the externals. You may always need to fill that with something. But God's hope fixes the internal. It reminds us that we are not dependent upon ourselves, that we are not responsible for fixing ourselves. And we are not responsible for fixing other people. The only thing that we do is go and say, Jesus, my daughter is dying. Can you come and help? Jesus offers us hope. Jesus always extends the hand to us and says, child, get up. And so our externals may always be there. Our external problems may always be there. But our eternal problems, our hopes, our fears, our anxiety, our broken relationships, that whole, whatever it is that we carry around with us, if we extend that offer to God, if we open our eyes to God and say, 
I know that you are here and you will comfort me and you promise me hope. Then maybe we can be a little more full. So stop trying to fix everything. Some things are not fixable. But that doesn't mean we have to remain broken. Amen.